Good morning. So glad to be here. Church. Church for all. Good to be back. I was here back in November and nice seeing many of you again and meeting some new faces as well. And uh, hello to our online church family. Glad you're with us as well. It's kind of cool. Technology makes things possible that weren't possible a few years ago. And uh, God will use all means to reach people. Um, I want to thank Pastor Matt for allowing me to be back. He invited me back. You must, I must have done okay. I don't know. But uh, ser- seriously, thank you for It's an honor. I know a senior pastor. I've served a few senior pastors over the last years. And uh, when they open their church up to others, I know they, they screen us really well. So I guess I passed the test. Um, I also want to thank all you, guys, all you guys, the singers, the musicians, the tech team, everybody with kids, everybody, you know, the guy, who I don't know the gentleman's name, bringing the directional signs out this morning. You know, it's everybody doing their part. It's everybody doing their part that makes it all work. And God said very clearly, it isn't like, hey, you got these guys here and these, no, it's all of us doing our part, whatever we're supposed to do. Um, so uh, thanks to all of you making this happen today. Uh, Matt, on my way up, he said, have fun. So I plan on doing that. Uh, I brought my favorite human with me today. My wife is with me. Come on. She wasn't with me last time. But uh, we're celebrating her birthday, which was yesterday. A wise person once said, never forget a woman's birthday and never remember a woman's age. So uh, birthday is June 4th, and I have no idea how old she is, but I'm kidding. I have to be careful because I, I joke and I don't laugh, and then people come up afterwards and say, you know, you and your wife should get some counsel. You sound like you're having problems. No. <laughs> Counsel's good, but I do know her age. Uh, just real quick, last time I shared a little bit about myself, just the, the brief, really quick version. Uh, I was born and raised here in the great state of Washington, Seattle area. I uh, was raised in a church. Unfortunately, didn't hear much about Jesus, <laughs> which is kind of an interesting thing. Uh, it's not first 19 years of my life. Uh, two words that I lived in were fear and insecurity. And I mean torturous, fear and insecurity. The devil is not nice. And uh, I was just living in a world that I hated. And uh, two other words that defined my world as I grew up was drugs and alcohol because of the fear and insecurity. And I wanted an escape from reality, and I got that through drugs and alcohol. And uh, started slow at maybe 13, 14 years old, but then started partying more. And by the time I was 18, 19 years old, uh, partying was a big part of my life. But I, was, I didn't love the partying, but it was the best thing I could find until I found Jesus. He found me, I guess. And uh, 19 years old, got saved. And literally within a few moments after being saved, literally minutes after, I knew this is, that's going to be my life. This is the rest of my life is serving him. I don't know what that means. I don't even know who he is. But uh, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm sold out on this thing already because it's what I've been looking for. Uh, so got married, a couple, uh, I think about two years after I got saved. We got married. went to Bible school. Uh, didn't plan on being a pastor, had no plans of that, but I uh, got on a church staff a little while after getting out of Bible school, moved into a pastoral role shortly after that. It was about 30 years on staff of the church I was at in the Seattle area, and uh, we are now in Corvallis, Oregon. We are in Corvallis because God directed us to go to Corvallis, and it was kind of, we're kind of people that are, we keep things in order, but this thing was a little different because uh, since God bringing us, calling us, speaking to us about going to Corvallis, and I actually quit my job, and we went there. I had no job. She had no job, and we just uh, led by the Spirit. Uh, literally, it was a, a big step of faith, but things opened up miraculously. I mean, literally, within a few weeks, a position opened up at a church there that I was already a part of once we got there, and uh, we, we enjoyed Corvallis. It is the home of the Oregon State Beavers. I'm sorry. 
hate to swear in church. I know, I have to say it. Okay, let's, can we settle one thing? God loves Huskies fans, right? God loves Beavers fans. I'm going to stretch out here. God loves Cougars fans. And God doesn't really care for Duck fans. Would you agree with me on that? Any Duck fans? Yeah, I wouldn't admit it either. Oh, sorry. We'll pray for you. We have a Duck fan prayer time after church service here today. God loves all people, actually. You know what? You know, if you're a Husky fan, don't worry about it. It's not like the Beavers beat Huskies in football last year. Oh, they did. I'm sorry. I, f- I forgot that. It's not like the Beavers are in the College World Series right now. Oh, they are. I'm sorry. I forgot that. Okay, now that I've given you every reason not to listen to me, let's pray. Father, we thank you today. Thank you, God, that your spirit is here. You are here. You said we're two or three are gathered in your name. You're in the midst of us, and you're going to keep your word. We thank you, Father, you're teaching us individually helping us grow, helping us become more like Jesus today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So uh, I share what I know. I'm not here to impress you. I'm here to help you. I've learned when I try to impress people, I don't. And when I try to help people, I do. So uh, you probably won't say a lot of oohs and ahs that I share. But like I said, as as I prayed, hopefully you'll be a little more like Jesus when you leave today than when you got here. Turn with me to Psalm 118 if you have a Bible. We'll have this verses on the screen as well. Psalm 118. My message today is all about today. It's called living in today. In fact, I contacted Pastor Matt about three or four weeks ago, and I said, hey, here's, here's what I'm thinking about sharing. I mean, he said, share whatever you want, but I just kind of want to let him know. And I talked about this message, living in today, and he said, you know what? That goes right along with what we're involved in the series about living in the now for me, I found one of the most challenging things about life is it's so daily. It's like every day we wake up and go at it again. And we can remember yesterday, but it's gone. It's over. We're not going back. We can have a vision for tomorrow. Bible talks about that. But really, we never reach tomorrow. It's like about the time today becomes tomorrow, tomorrow becomes today. And we're still in today, right? So it's all about living in today, the choices you and I make daily today. And that's what decides our yesterdays and our tomorrows. Psalm 118, verse 24. If you've been around the Bible, you may have heard this before. It says, this is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. From the contemporary English version, that verse says, this day belongs to the Lord. Let's celebrate and be glad today. So yesterday may have been a struggle or a triumph. Maybe thinking about tomorrow brings you peace or stress, probably stress. But God makes it clear he wants us to be living in today, Psalm 118. We're to celebrate and be glad today. Matthew chapter 6, verse 34. Jesus is speaking. We believe Jesus, right? We do believe Jesus, right? I'm in the right church, right? Okay. Matthew 6, 34. Got a little worried there for a minute. It says, don't worry about tomorrow. Do not worry about tomorrow, Jesus says. For tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. So God's saying, keep your mind set on today. And apparently, if we take life one day at a time, we're doing all right. But if we look beyond today and go to tomorrow, we get stressed. Have you found that? I found that out. Maybe that's why we deal with so many stress and anxieties. We're looking too far into the future. Uh, Hebrews 3.13. I'm going to share quite a few verses here, just the foundation here about today, what the Bible says about today. Hebrews 3.13 says, exhort or encourage one another daily while it is called today. Must any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. So as far as exhorting and encouraging each other, God says, do it today. Acts 2, verse 46, speaking of the early church, 246 in the book of Acts, 
continuing daily with one accord and in the temple, one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house. They ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. So daily, the people had the opportunity to gather either at a church or temple or house to house. People were gathering every day. And we're told of so many people in the Bible who had daily habits that paved the road for their future. You heard of a guy probably named David in the Old Testament, King David. Listen to what he wrote in Psalm 55, verse 17. David said, evening, morning, and at noon, I will pray. So I don't know if he prayed three times a day, morning, evening, noon, or just saying every day, I'm praying, involved in daily prayer. Throughout the Psalms, we read about the writers saying daily, I spoke to God, I cried out to God. Psalm 145, verse 1, again, David, we talked about him praying, now he talks about him praising. Psalm 145, I will exalt you, my God and King, and praise your name forever and ever. I will praise you every day. Yes, I will praise you forever. So verse 1, he says, I'm going to praise you forever. End of, end of verse 2, I'm going to praise you forever. In the middle, how do we praise God forever? Do it every day. Uh, Psalm 68, David says, blessed be the Lord who daily loads us with benefits. So God's work in our lives is daily. Now think about this. This is the, this is the God who doesn't even live in time. God doesn't have time. He just created it for us. So here he is. He's living in the now. I mean, God's living in the, the, when the day you were born. God's there now. That's, that's wild. He's here now. He's the day you enter into eternity face to face with Jesus. He's there from eternity past to eternity future. He's there. So he, didn't, he doesn't operate in our time system. But our little pea brains can't handle that thought about God and being all, I mean, it cramps my brain. It hurts my head to think about that. So God says, okay, I'll create this time thing for you. And then he stresses, but I want you to focus on today. You need to focus on today. It's so important. What Jesus say in Matthew 6, 11, he's teaching his disciples to pray. He says, give us today our daily bread. It's trusting God every day. Acts 17, 11. The writer is honoring a church in a city called Berea. The writer says the people in Berea were more fair-minded than those in Thessalonica, this other city. He says, and that they received the word with all readiness, so they received the teaching they heard, and they searched the scriptures daily, daily, every day to find out whether these things were so. So the people daily read the Bible, searched the Bible, studied, sought to make sure what was taught was correct. Luke 9.23, Jesus said to the crowd, Luke 9.23, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. Take up your cross daily and follow me. Everybody say daily. Are you getting it? God wants us into this thing called today. It's been said your future can be seen in your daily routine. That rhymes. Your future can be seen in your daily routine. Hey, future. So as we focus on today, and make wise and godly decisions today. It'll set our lives on course for what God has for us. And since I got saved, one of the biggest things I've learned is just the daily things I do, the simple daily habits I have are making a big difference in my life. You know, it's not so often the big events in life that make us, they can affect us. But really, it's what do you do every day? What are you doing on a daily, consistent basis? So I have a question for you. What practical things are you doing on a daily basis to help strengthen your life. How are you being strengthened spiritually by the decisions you're making every day and the habits you're involved in? How are you being strengthened physically and in relationships and financially and so many other ways in your family? Today, I want to share a few simple habits. Again, I'm a simple guy. My name is Bill. My middle name is Tom. 
have a nephew named Matt, a brother named Dave. So I'm pretty simple. And I want to share a few simple, practical things. This will not be over anybody's head. And I just want to share some things that maybe you can do on a daily basis. Maybe you're already doing. We can challenge ourselves so we have this consistency, consistent daily habits that help us be a better person, become more what God wants us to be. And I use the word consistent. I don't use the word perfect. And sometimes when we hear a lesson, we think, oh, I got to do that, and then we don't do it just right. Okay, I'm just going to quit. No, perfection cannot be attained. Consistency can. We can all make decisions. We have, you have discipline. You have the discipline to make consistent decisions in your life. doesn't mean you'll do it perfect. In fact, you won't. And someone, uh, someone once said, I wrote this down from a long time ago, said, while you can't change your whole life today, you can change the direction your life is headed in today. So, uh, you know, changing a consistent habit isn't going to change your life overnight, but it could change your life over time. So let's jump into some daily habits to strengthen your life. Daily habit number one, every day, store up knowledge and wisdom. Pretty simple. Every day, store up some knowledge and wisdom. Proverbs is a great book. God calls Solomon, the man who wrote most of Proverbs, he calls him the wisest man who ever lived. And God says it, it's true. And Proverbs chapter 8, at the beginning of that chapter, it talks about wisdom is speaking to us. In verse 34, here's what wisdom says. Wisdom says, blessed is the man who listens to me, listens to wisdom, watching daily at my gates, waiting at the posts of my door. So every day we're supposed to be looking out for wisdom. Elsewhere in the book of Proverbs, it says wisdom cries out. Wisdom is not hiding. Knowledge is not hiding. It's out there. We just need to grab it. Proverbs 10, 14, it says wise people store up knowledge. So it's important to store up knowledge and wisdom every day. How can we do that? Well, let me give you a few simple things. Number one, there's a book called the Bible. Man, that is an awesome book. The B-I-B-L-E, the book for you and me. That book, I mentioned at 19 years old, I got saved, gave my life to Christ. I knew nothing about the Bible. I just got this thing out and I just started reading it. I didn't know what I was doing, but I'm reading, I'm reading, I'm getting a little information. We didn't have the internet back then, but we had Christian radio and Christian TV, and so I'd watch these shows, and they say, you should read the Bible. That's a good thing to do. So I'm reading the Bible, and I'm reading, I've started in the Old Testament. I got about halfway through, and I'm going, wow, this stuff is heavy. What is going on? And somebody said, you should read in the book of Matthew. Start there. I went there. I went, oh, this is a lot more clear. Jesus. Jesus makes it clear. So just reading the Bible, just having a daily habit. You don't have to read the Bible. You shouldn't read the Bible. No, it's something we can do if we want to grow in wisdom and knowledge. How about other books? There are other books around that deal with different specific topics. Maybe you want to grow in. Could be spiritual. Could be other things. Hey, get some wisdom. Get some knowledge. You say, I don't like to read. You know what? You can have someone read it to you. There's a thing called a smartphone. Things called apps. I like to use the U version of the Bible app. U version. Y-O-U version. And uh, you just push a little button. You pick the chapter. Philippians chapter 4. There's a little arrow in a lot of the translations at the bottom. You just push it reads it to you. You don't even have to read. You can listen to podcasts, listen to teachings, attend church services. You're already there. Uh, community groups, seminars, so many different things. How about this? There are people around us who have wisdom and knowledge. Just listen to people. Listen to what they have to say. You can learn anything from anybody at any time. I've learned some great things from kids who didn't know what they were talking about. <laughs> I've learned great things about God from things that kids say. In fact, I was watching my wife and I, uh, we were somewhere yesterday walking around, I think it was Woodenville, and this little kid is out on the road, and he's just dancing. 
and his, I think his parents were there, and he just danced, and we think he's looking in a mirror because it looks like he's looking. He just danced. There's no mirror. He's just having fun. I thought, man, I just learned something from that kid. I should dance more. My wife said, no, please don't do that. <laughs> it's a calling. It's a gift. Or not. A curse. But, you know, just, just you never know where wisdom and knowledge will call out. How about this? Do you ever love it when someone confronts you and challenges you with wisdom and knowledge? Isn't that fun? <laughs> someone gets you in your face and says, you need to change. That's called counsel, instruction, reproof. You know, it's one thing to read a book or hear somebody read it to you or maybe go to a church service. But when someone says, get to your face, somebody knows you well, says, hey, here's some wisdom and knowledge. And they start sharing something. I don't know. That's, that's something we have to check ourselves out. Make sure we're open to receive that. Here's what Proverbs 27, 6 says. Again, Solomon writes, faithful are the wounds of a friend. I look from the contemporary English version. That same verse says, you can trust a friend who corrects you. So do you trust the person who corrects you and challenges you, or do you hate them? Uh, my wife and I have some good friends. We've known them for 20 years or more now. Uh, some of those, a couple of lifelong friends, a couple that are married. They live in the UK, in a country called Wales. We're going over there in a few months. Um, good friends. And uh, so he came from England and moved here to go to a Bible school at the church that we were part of. She came from a country called Connecticut, uh, moved to Washington, and they met each other. It's another, another example of a foreign man stealing some of our American women. <laughs> He's a smart man. He has wisdom and knowledge. So he came over, and then we built this relationship. But over time, we started, you know, helping each other grow in different ways. And we eventually had things what we call Starbucks meetings. And we go to Starbucks a lot, but we have a Starbucks meeting once in a while. What that meant is one of us is going to get challenged by somebody else. We call them up, say, hey, do you want to have a Starbucks meeting today? Are you guys available? And we all knew, okay, somebody's going to get challenged. But it wasn't, you know, we had a good relationship. It wasn't, it was all positive. But I remember one of those Starbucks meetings, I got challenged by the, by the guy. Something I had said and the way I handled the situation. And he's getting in my, he said, you know, I just want to bring this up. And, you know, I don't know about you, but I quickly put a defense up and someone tries to tell me where I'm wrong because I couldn't be wrong. I am perfection. So uh, it's funny that we think that sometimes. So he starts sharing this stuff, and I'm like, ah. and really, I didn't like him at the time. I, I, I don't know if I, yeah, I did hate him. I did hate him at the time. And I'm like, he's bringing this stuff, and I'm like, ah, but I'm trying to bite my tongue. And oh, yeah, but, 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 but. And finally, I said, okay, just relax. Just listen. Nothing to prove. Nothing to lose. In fact, you got a lot to gain here. And I remember just listening and thinking, yeah, he's right. He's right. So uh, make sure we're open to wisdom and knowledge from wherever it may come. Listen to Matthew 12, 35. Again, Jesus says this, Matthew 12, verse 35. He says, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. An evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth evil things. So God says we're each bringing forth good and bad, positive and negative out of our hearts. And you know who decides what's coming out of your heart? You do. You know who decided that? What decided that? It's the treasure you put in that heart of yours. So again, having the daily habits of reading, listening, getting input um, will help us store a treasure of wisdom and knowledge on the inside that will come out when we need it. And uh, you know, when you talk about reading the Bible, maybe you think, man, I don't read the Bible. How much, 10, 10 chapters a day? No, how about a few Bible verses a day? Literally just a few verses. I think God would rather have us read a few verses and really think about it and get the knowledge and wisdom we can rather than read a bunch of chapters and not get anything out of it. Um, or if it's, you know, it's another book you're reading, just, you know, make part of a chapter every day. Psalm, or excuse me, Proverbs 4.23. Proverbs 4.23. This verse for the past six months, has kind of been my verse for life for the past six months, if that makes sense. My wife and I have talked more about this verse than any other verse in the Bible over the past months. 
And I love it. It says, above all else, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. Guard your heart. Put a guard around your heart. Put soldiers and barbed wire and landmines because we need to protect what's coming into our hearts, what we're hearing, what we're seeing. Uh, You know, the society we live in is not trying to feed good things into our hearts. You know, you, you, hear, you read on the internet or you watch on the internet or you see TV or just everything going on. It's not good. Uh, there's so much fear coming our way. So much foolishness, greed, jealousy, discontentment, uh, division, prejudice, hate. Just so many things that are trying to get into your heart. And that's why God says you have to guard it. And whatever we're letting, letting into our heart, even if it's just a little bit every day, it's building up over time in the positive or the negative. It's up to us. So be aware. Maybe more than you can imagine. Be aware of what's coming into your heart. Think about what you're being fed. Um, you know, this whole daily thing, and it all makes a difference over time. You can make a big difference. I, I brought a photo today. This is kind of a corny photo, but this is a, a gift. Isn't that a beautiful gift? I'll explain this gift. Uh, my wife and I, we were dating, uh, and we took a day trip over to the Washington coast, and we wanted to get a gift. And this is, this is a clam bank, not a clam bake, a clam bank. And we call this happy clam. Uh, if you look at it from the side, he's a little more happy than he looks there. But a uh, happy clam, he's had a little damage. His, his, his eyebrows are all broken off there and different things. But, but I put up a picture of happy clam. If, if nothing else, sometimes you forget everything I said, but maybe you'll remember happy clam. So happy clam, we decided uh, when we first got happy clam that whenever we had change in our pocket, if we had any quarters, we just put the quarters in happy clam. You know, just one, two, whatever hopefully every day, but every few days, if not every day. So, you know, you'd store up that money, quarters, quarters, quarters. Well, it's amazing that over time, those quarters add up. This is before the coin shortage, right? So a uh, happy clam, I don't know what that means, but a happy clam. So, you know, we have a pretty strict budget. We, we, you know, we have so much money to go out and eat meals every month and different things. So we get near the end of the month, and what do you say? You have more month than you have money, so we run out of money, and we can't go out. But then we remember, happy clam. So we run to happy clam, we take off happy, and we dump all the quarters out. All right, we have some, we can go to McDonald's. No, hopefully we can go somewhere. <laughs> No, no offense to McDonald's, but no, literally, we've just a few months ago, we did this. We ran out of money for the month, and we opened Happy Clan. We went out to a really nice breakfast, got extra pancakes and everything. So uh, it was a good day. Okay, Happy Clan, just an example, just a little bit every day, quarter here, quarter there. You can do good things. You can go out to a big pancake breakfast over time. So if we'll do it daily, store up knowledge and wisdom, just daily, over weeks, and months, and years, and then eventually decades. It'll make a difference in our lives. I mentioned earlier Proverbs ten fourteen. It says, wise people store up knowledge. The Hebrew word for store up means to hoard it, to lay it up or have it as a reserve. And I've found, like, I do read the Bible daily. That's something I've had a habit of doing for a long time. And I found that most of the days when I read a certain scripture, a portion of scriptures, I usually don't use it that day. Sometimes it happens, but usually that day, nothing comes up where I say, I just read this this morning. But what happens is I'm getting a storehouse of wisdom and knowledge. I'm storing it up. I'm hoarding it. And then when life's challenges come or different things come along, okay, what's in me is going to come out. Now, I, don't, I don't even remember that six weeks ago I read that verse, but it's in me. And it came out when I needed it. So every day, store up some knowledge and wisdom. And like I said, I'm pretty practical. So at the end of this point, store up knowledge and wisdom, I want to share a practical suggestion. Some of you may already do this, but if you don't, I encourage you to read one chapter of Proverbs every day. Book of Proverbs has 31 chapters. Most, many months have 31 days. Uh, ones that have less, you can just kind of read two chapters a day. 
at the end, but one chapter of Proverbs a day. Just get in the habit. What's today? The 5th of June? So, hey, go home, read chapter 5 of Proverbs, 6 tomorrow. Keep it simple. Okay, there's habit number one. Store up some knowledge and wisdom. I have 147 more habits that we can be into. I'm just kidding. Matt Matt said I have to be done by 6 p.m., so I will keep that. All right, habit number two. Every day, thank God for what you have. Every day. Maybe you should even say, thank God for at least something you have, even if it's just one thing. And I didn't say every day be thankful. I said every day thank God for what you have. Psalm 100, verse 4. Psalm 100, verse 4. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Enter his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. Be thankful to God. So we talk about God blessing us, but you know you can bless God. The Bible says if we're thankful, we bless him. You'll bless yourself when you're thankful. You just, life will be better. And I get, guarantee you, people around you will be blessed because you'll be a lot more fun to be around when you're thankful. Colossians 3.15. Let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts and always be thankful. Someone once said, you show me a peaceful person, I'll show you a thankful person. Thankfulness breeds peace, doesn't it? When we're thankful, we have peace. And people who are grumpy, grouchy, they're not thankful. Not thankful people. Throughout each day, set your mind on things that you can thank God for. There's so many things. Thankfulness not only, like I said, blesses our life, but causes us to be a greater influence in the lives of others. Think about one thing, and I'm asking you to do this online, here in person. One thing you're thankful for. Just think of one thing. Got one thing? Somebody shout out. What are you thankful for? (laughs) Pastor Bill, I heard? No, I didn't hear that. (laughs) What is it? Family? Children? Who else? Breathing. That's a good thing to be thankful for. Did you say breathing? That's good. Job. Having a job. That's good. A home. It's great. Thankful you woke up this morning? Although heaven's not bad, but I'm thankful I woke up this morning. Anyway, just, I mean, just simple thing. I just wrote down my wife. Thankful for my wife. Health. Breathing. I did say that. Um, the Bible. I'm thankful for Jesus. He's pretty cool. Um, the other day I was walking uh, to work and uh, some birds were singing and chirping. I thought, man, that's so cool. I thought, I'm thankful for the birds. I mean, think of that. The world without birds would be so quiet. I'm thankful for, for music. I like music. I'm a uh, vinyl LP collector. Any, any other crazy people? All right, good. I like music. I like lots of different kinds of music. I'm thankful for people, relationships I have that have helped me be a better person. Thank you, thankful for Mal Rainier. That's the one thing uh, my wife and I, living in, uh, where do we live? Corvallis, Oregon. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> we love coming up here and seeing Mount Rainier. You know, in the Northwest, we know what it means when you say, is the mountain out? The mountain's out today. You know what that means? I love Mount Rainier. I love my home to live in. I love to have clean water to drink, food to eat, clothes to wear, a hot shower. I love hot showers. I love hot showers. You think about it. If you take five seconds a day to think of one thing you're thankful for, it, maybe 10 if it takes you a while, 10 seconds. You say, yeah, but I have a lot of issues going on. Okay, think about what you're thankful for first before you think about all the issues. James 1.17 says, whatever is good and perfect, whatever is good and perfect is coming, a gift coming down to us from God our Father. So everything that's good is from God, one way or another, it's from God. And uh, when, you're, when you're thinking about what you're thankful for, don't feel guilty. Be thankful and think, okay, maybe there are people who don't have everything you have. What can you do to help them? 
What can you do to bless their life? When you're thankful, when I'm thankful, I found I'm more willing to give to others as well because I realize how much I do have. By the way, if you live in America, which I'm assuming you all do, uh, you have a lot to be thankful for. (laughs) I've been to a few other countries and America has a lot. We have a lot to be thankful for. So that's habit number two. Thank God for what you have. And I'm just going to encourage you. Here's, Here's a practical step you could take. Every day, write one thing down you're thankful for. I started that about three weeks ago, just writing one thing down I was thankful for every day. And then just add the next day to what your list you have going and then go back and read it. Remind yourself how thankful you are. Habit number three. And by the way, maybe you just, I'm not saying you should do all these. I'm saying maybe you just pick one. As we go, maybe you say, that's the one I want to pick. Habit number three. Every day, encourage and serve someone else. Every day, encourage someone else and serve someone else. We read Hebrews 3.13 when I started from the... uh, New King James. I want to read it from the New International Version of the Bible. Hebrews 3.13 says, Encourage one another daily as long as it is called today so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. So that verse is pretty clear. Every day, encourage at least one other person. And it's interesting. It says when we encourage others, it's so that none of us may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. So apparently when we encourage others, it gives them a guard against sin. Maybe it just gives them a hope they didn't have. Maybe a little, just something from God just spoke to me. But I think it also, when we encourage others, it gives us a strength against sin. Because if I encourage you and I'm an encouragement to your life and I'm a a godly example, okay, now I have a reason to live holy and clean. Another reason, because I want to live holy and clean for you. It's interesting. The word exhort or encourage means to inspire with courage, spirit, or hope. That's cool. We can inspire others with courage, spirit, and hope. Man, so many simple things we can do to encourage others. Just send a quick text. Again, just takes a few seconds, maybe a minute. Send a text to someone. Just say, I was thinking about you today. Praying for you. Make sure you pray for them and then say, I'm praying for you. (laughs) You know, phone call. You go old school and actually call them, not text them. Uh, Email, send a card, send a letter. Give them a Starbucks card. You know, if you give me like a $5 Starbucks card, you made my month. I'm serious. If you just think about me, I'm like, that's awesome, getting together with people. Think about it. Our, most of us think lowly of ourselves, as others do as well. They think lowly about themselves. They need someone to come along and say, hey, you're better than you think. You're better, things are, you're better than you think. God made you pretty important. Most people's self-talk is pretty negative. Let's bring in some positive to them. So that's daily habit number three, encourage someone else. And again, I mentioned it, but maybe a practical thing to do just every day, text somebody text someone. Just give them some encouragement, whatever that means. Let God, ask God to lead you in that. And habit number four, every day, think about yourself the way God thinks about you. Okay, I'm going to guess this one, probably most of us, if not all of us, could at least take a little bit of this one. Every day, think about yourself the way God thinks about you. Romans 12, 2, powerful verse written by Paul, says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So you and I don't naturally think like God. In fact, I, I didn't give the guys this verse, but in uh, Isaiah chapter 55, God says, my thoughts are so high, much higher than your thoughts. So our thoughts are different than his. And our thoughts about ourselves naturally are not like God's thoughts about ourselves. God doesn't think about you the way you think about you for the most part, unless you have on purpose decided to think like God. 
But if you haven't made that decision, you haven't gone to the Bible and say, what does God think about me? I can pretty much guarantee you, you're not thinking a whole lot of thoughts about you that God is. Here's some thoughts you might think about yourself. I've thought about these. I still at times think about these. I, sometimes I think I'm so stupid. I can't do that. Nobody likes me. I'm not smart like him. I'm not pretty like her. I wish I didn't have my body. I'll never accomplish that. I wish I was happy like everyone else. Nobody cares about me. If anybody ever thought any of those, nobody. Has anybody ever thought <laughs> any negative thought about yourself? Okay, those are the thoughts you and I can possibly think about ourselves. Those are thoughts I've thought about myself. So that's why I wrote them down. Does God think that way about you? Do you think God thinks about you? You're so stupid. You can't do that. Nobody likes you. You're not smart. God doesn't think like that at all. Let me read you from the Bible, from God's word, Psalm 139. Psalm 139, starting at verse 13. And these verses changed my life. One in particular I'll talk about in a moment. Psalm 139, starting at verse 13. Again, this is David, King David, writing to God. And he says to God in verse 13, you formed my inward part. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works. And now my soul knows very well. Okay, let's back up a moment. Verse 14, David said to God, I will praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. David said, a reason I praise God is because how God made me. And he said specifically to God, the reason I'm praising you is because how you made me. He says, marvelous are your works. Well, the work he's talking about is himself right there. And that my soul knows very well. Man, we want to get in the core of our souls an understanding of the marvelous work of God that you are. You are marvelous, darling. God made you and I so incredible. And we don't think about ourselves often in that way. He goes on, verse 15, my frame was not hidden from you, speaking to God, when I was made in secret, was skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed, and in your book they were all written, the days fashioned for me, when as yet there were none of them. By the way, God knows everything that's going to happen to you tomorrow, so you don't have to stress about it. He's got it. He's got it. Verse 17, how precious also are your thoughts to me, O God. How great is the sum of them. If I should count them, they would be more in number than the sand. Sand. When I awake, I am still with you. Verse 17, God's thoughts toward us are precious. So if you're thinking like God, that means your thoughts toward you are only precious. How great is the sum of them. You think no one's thinking about you? God's thinking about you every second of every day of eternity. Before you ever showed up, God was thinking about you. Daily habit number four. Think about yourself the way God thinks about you. And here's the practical thing you can do. Read Psalm 139, verse 14 every day. That's a verse I memorized many years ago. I, read, I quote it every day in my, my head. I will praise you, God, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made marvelous are your works that my soul knows very well. I guess we have time for one more. Every day, daily habit number five, every day do something, God can prosper. Every day do something, God can prosper. Psalm 1, verses 1 through 3, says, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. Verse 2, his delight is in the law of the Lord, the word of God, and in his law he meditates day and night. There's that daily thing, right? He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. Whatever you do. If you're the person who delights in God, delights in God's word, meditating in his word, 
Bible says, whatever you do shall prosper. That's pretty amazing. Whatever you do. Years ago, I read that verse and I realized I'm not doing a whole lot for God to prosper. I went to my job, did my work. I lived with my family. He's prospering that. I thought, I want to do some other things. I want to venture out, do some things that God can bless and prosper. So I started doing some new things. Started doing some, taking some new adventures. And you know what? God blessed them. It's amazing. John chapter 13, verse 17, Jesus washed the disciples' feet. He told them to follow his example. And he says, if you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. So it's one thing to know something, but it's one other thing to actually do something with it. So I'm going to bring up some things here. Maybe this will stir some of you to maybe take a step to do something. Hopefully in the near future, something that maybe has been on your mind, you've been thinking about, but you haven't done it yet. How about that book that's in you that you've been thinking about? I should, I should start writing. Maybe a blog. You want to start a blog. You want to do something having to do with writing. Okay, God will prosper it. Let me tell you this. If you do nothing, God can prosper nothing. And nothing times anything is still nothing. But if you just do something, God says, okay, you got the ball rolling. You do the little thing. God will do the big thing. Okay, these are just simple. I'm a practical guy. This is a simple thing. What about selling some things online? You say, ah, I've thought about doing that. Why don't you do it? Just a few months ago, literally just a few months ago, I started selling some stuff online, things I had. In fact, there's one thing my wife and I, or I put it online and I said, hey, let's pray. It just, just maybe 10, 15 bucks I thought I'd get out of it. I said, let's pray. Let's, let's believe we're going to get 25 bucks. We prayed. Guess how much you're sold for? $25.01. Literally. I was like, God, I should have asked for 125 bucks. But anyway. But still, you literally, stuff just laying around. Hey, sell it to somebody else who will be blessed by it, and you will be blessed. How about that education, going to school, going back to school, getting an education in an area, online, or going in person to school? Some of you, there's a gift of art drawing and painting. Maybe you've started it. Maybe you haven't. Man, come on. God will prosper it. You can't prosper it if you don't do it. Finances, start saving, investing. If you haven't done that, or maybe if you're already doing it, say, hey, is there something more we can do? Can we get a happy clam? Start investing more. Ministering, serving people. There's a group or a person that you've been thinking about, maybe in church, maybe elsewhere. Okay, step out. Let God bless it. Physical exercise. Yeah, I said it. Physical exercise thousands of things we can do. Do something that God can prosper. Practical suggestion is just remind yourself. Put up somewhere Psalm 1 verses 1 through 3. At least remind yourself, God will prosper whatever I do today. And remind yourself of that. And again, that could be just in meeting somebody, reaching out to somebody, whatever it is. So every day, number one, store up knowledge and wisdom. Number two, thank God for what you have. Number three, encourage and serve someone else. Number four, think about yourself the way God thinks about you. Please, the world needs us to think about ourselves the way God does so we can be the people God called us to be. As long as I'm thinking the way I think about me, I'm not going to reach the people God has me to reach, wants me to reach, and nor will you. So let's start thinking like God. And number five is do something God can prosper. So again, small change only brings a small change to your life today. But a small habit, small change in habits every day over time can bring a big, big change. And I'm going to touch on something here, and I just want to bring the practicality home before I end the message. Some of us may think, well, I want to, physically, I want to get fit. I want to be healthy. Most of us don't think I want to be healthy. Many think I want to lose weight. And I wish we thought more, I want to be healthy. But I'm going to use an example of weight. I'm really going to step on some toes and you'll probably never have me back again. Sometimes we think about, I want to lose weight. I want to lose some pounds. Okay, 
Here's your goal for losing weight, one ounce. One ounce. Do you know if you lose one ounce a day in a month, you've lost about two pounds? You say, yeah, but two pounds isn't much. What's two more pounds than you would have lost? And in a year, you've lost about 24 pounds. And in four years, you've lost about 100 pounds. Pastor Bill's weight loss program. Come on, this is good. You say, well, yeah, it's four years away. Yeah, but if you started four years ago, guess what? (laughs) You've lost 100 pounds by now. One ounce a day. I'm just saying daily things make a big difference. Every day, do something. Daily habits that can change our life. Father, we do thank you today. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your spirit in us. Thank you for the simplicity of the gospel. You made it simple for us so we could get it. We could take it. We could run with it. I thank you today all online here in person. Every person that's here heard this message, God, that you will speak to us as we leave. You'll individually refine this message for us so that our hearts are different and we're becoming more the people you want us to be. As your eyes are closed, I just want to close by leading everyone in a prayer. If there might be one person either online or here who's never made Jesus the Lord of your life. I mentioned I was 19 years old. I said, Jesus, come into my life. I, I didn't know what that really meant. I just knew I needed help. I needed a savior. I needed someone to guide me through this life. And he's here for you. Just like he's there, was there for me and is there for me every day. And I want to lead everyone in a very simple prayer, whether you've prayed it before or not. Maybe you've never prayed it. or Maybe you've given your life to Christ, but you're just kind of walking away, kind of lofty, and you just want to make that recommitment today. Let's all pray this together. Say, say with me, say, dear God, I come to you today and I ask you to come into my life. I confess Jesus is my Lord. I believe you raised him from the dead. I thank you, Father, for loving me in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, we just want to, number one, clap and say, thank, way to go. The Bible says all of heaven rejoices when one person turns to God. And make sure you talk to one of the leaders of the church online. Make sure you contact the church. Uh, We want to help you in your walk with God. That's why we're here. Thank you.